0: Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, where you hear the latest issues and trends in the world of paralegals and legal assistance by one of the best known paralegals in the industry, Vicky Voicin. A paralegal for more than 20 years, Vicky is dedicated to helping legal professionals reach their goals. You're listening to Legal Talk Network.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Vicki Voisen, the Paralegal Mentor and host of the Paralegal Voice. I'm an Ella Advanced Certified Paralegal. I publish a weekly e-newsletter titled Paralegal Strategies. I'm also the co-author of Professional Paralegal, a Guide to Finding a Job and Career Success. There's more information at paralegalmentor.com. My guest today is Ethan Wall, authority on social media and the law. Ethan Wall founded Social Media Law and Order to pursue his passion for educating, consulting, and training users on all areas of social media and the law. Uh, His legal and educational careers have paralleled the explosive growth and development of Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. For eight years, he worked as social media law attorney, author, professor, consultant, and keynote speaker. He now serves as an advisor to leaders in both the legal and business communities as they seek to implement practical and ethical guidelines in their workplaces. According to Chambers USA, an international guide that ranks law firms and attorneys, Ethan has developed legal skills and knowledge that exceed his years of practice. So welcome, Ethan.
2: Thanks so much, Vicki. Glad to be here.
1: I'm very glad to have you. Before we begin, though, our sponsors should be recognized and thanked, and that would be Boston University, offering an online certificate in paralegal studies. If you're seeking a professional credential or just want to further develop your skills, Boston University provides an affordable, high-quality, 14-week program Visit paralegalonline.bu.edu for more information. That's paralegalonline.bu.edu. In Our other sponsor is NALA, a professional association for paralegals providing continuing education and professional certification programs for paralegals at NALA.org. NALA is a force in the promotion and advancement of of the paralegal profession. And then ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted pre-screened process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high volume serves, embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit servenow.com to learn more. The goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry and share with you leading trends, significant developments, and resources you'll find helpful in your career and your everyday job. Guests are usually included to help explore timely topics, and for that reason, I've invited Ethan Wall to be with me today. Now, Ethan, you really are the authority on social media and the law, so tell our listeners about uh, the development of that passion and also more about social media law and order.
2: About eight years ago, I was practicing internet and intellectual property law, and I was speaking at a conference on the latest trends and trademarks, copyrights, patents, and intellectual property, someone in the audience raised their hand and asked me about MySpace and Facebook, and I thought to myself, well, that has nothing to do with intellectual property. Social media is completely different, and then it dawned on me that there were thousands of attorneys across the country who spend their time focusing on trademarks and copyrights. People have literally wrote the book on those subjects, but there was no one at that time who focused their practice on understanding how social media, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and others affects the law and affects the practice of law. And so I decided to pursue that passion and study over the last eight years, the effect of these new technologies on the legal industry. And as a result of that, I've now authored three books on the effect of social media on the law. I teach social media and the law at Nova Southeastern University's College of Law in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I opened up the world's first social media law firm. and. I pursue my passion through my company called Social Media Law and Order, which is all designed to help paralegals, lawyers, law firms, and those in the legal industry learn how social media is affecting their cases, their ethical responsibilities, their litigation cases, and how to use it in the practice of law.
1: Well, Ethan, that certainly is timely, a trend, something that I think you're probably one of the first to realize the importance of social media and and a law practice. Now, I consider Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, although you just mentioned MySpace, to really be the the big three of social media. I'm just wondering if you agree. And how would you describe the purpose of each one? Because they're all different.
2: I absolutely agree that Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn are currently what we call the big three social media platforms, and that means more people spend time on those social media platforms than anyone else. But the point you mentioned, Vicki, about MySpace is so interesting, and that's because about six years ago, MySpace was one of the most widely visited websites on the entire planet. Now... It's relatively obsolete with the exception of children, people in the music industry. Um, And we've moved on to different new platforms like Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, but also new ones like Instagram and Snapchat. And so what's so interesting about social media is that technology advances faster than the law can adapt. And so we're always trying to catch up and find out how we can apply existing laws rules to these new technologies. Now, even though Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn are the big three, they serve completely different purposes. And a lot of times, lawyers and sometimes paralegals might not be too familiar with social media, kind of clump it together as if it's one type of tool. But that's a mistake because each platform is so different from the next and serves a different purpose. I'd say that the purpose of Facebook is a way for people to connect and share with their personal networks. People who they know from school or family or the community, but also professionally. And that's because we typically won't add someone as a friend on Facebook unless we know them. So it's a very personal social media platform. It's something we share not only professional information, but what we're doing, what we like, what our families are all about, and what we enjoy. So it's a complete 360 platform. Twitter, on the other hand, is different, meaning the purpose of Twitter is not necessarily to connect with people you know, but instead to connect with people who share your same interests. Meaning when I tweet at Ethan Wall, About social media and the law, I use a hashtag saying hashtag social media law so I can find other people out there who are also interested in that same subject matter. And we share articles and information and new ideas about this topic, but I might not necessarily know them. So Twitter is a way for me to expand my network and share ideas and have conversations with people outside of my personal network but who share similar personal and professional interests. And LinkedIn, of course, is completely different from the two. LinkedIn is more networking and less social in the world of social networking. So it's an online professional profile that offers much more unlimited personal interaction than Facebook. Professional interaction It's both our online resume where we can share articles, or information about our practices and our cases. And so each platform offers something new and unique and is different from the next.
1: Okay, now social media is a really valuable resource for lawyers and law firms. First of all, it's free. It's a great marketing tool. So I'd like for you to explain that marketing tool and, and you know, how law firms and lawyers can use it to their advantage.
2: Well, you couldn't be more correct, Vicki. Social media is a valuable resource, especially for marketing. And that's because everyone these days seems to be on some form of social media, including my mother. And I know this because this morning I posted on Facebook how excited I was to talk to you today. And Vicki, my mom liked my Facebook posts. And then she commented on it and she wrote, Ethan... I like this post. And I laughed to myself because, one, it demonstrated the power of social media, and that is everybody out there is on it. But it also demonstrated that not everyone knows how to use social media effectively and correctly for marketing purposes. So my mom both liked the Facebook post and commented, that you really have to do one or the other. And lawyers, are the same way, meaning there's such an incredible opportunity for lawyers to connect with such a large online network for marketing purposes. see, Facebook is the most widely visited website on the entire planet. More people spend time on Facebook than they do Google, Yahoo, or any other website that's out there. And so it's such a powerful tool for both attorneys and law firms to share information about themselves and their firm and their practice where people are already spending their time online. And in today's environment, if someone was to find out about me and say, who's Ethan Wall? And they didn't know me, what are they going to do? Of course, they're going to put me into a Google search. But what Google produces these days, in addition to finding my website, is it's going to show my Facebook page, my LinkedIn profile, my Twitter profile. And so it's so important for me to use these social media tools as a way to promote myself, both to people who are spending time on social media, but also for people who are just searching on the internet because these sites are so powerful. Google wants to be helpful to people and provide this information to them as well. And so some law firms, if they are marketing directly to consumers, can use social media for actual advertising. But for those of us who don't use it for direct client advertising can still benefit by sharing articles that we write, linking people back to blogs on our law firm websites, sharing speaking engagements or pictures of us doing community service events. And what that does is it helps us to stay on our clients and potential referral sources radar screens. Because not everybody needs to hire a lawyer at all times, but what we want as attorneys, what we want as law firms is to be top of mind. So when someone needs help or someone they know needs help, they'll think of us. And social media allows us to stay on everyone's radar screen by sharing updates about our practice and what we're
1: doing. First of all, you just mentioned Instagram and Pinterest. But, you know, we both agree that the big three, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, everybody should use those sites. But do you think that Instagram and Pinterest are going to Take over the same way Facebook took over, or repl- didn't replace MySpace, but it had a different, a different kind of people who were on it. I mean, I think the younger people moved away from MySpace and into Facebook, and now I think they've moved on to Instagram or Pinterest or was it Snapchat that you just suggested. Uh, what do you think? I mean, are those going to take over or are we still going to be able to do what we're doing with the big three?
2: Instagram or Pinterest or Snapchat is going to take over Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. And the reason that it's not is because those sites are different. They serve a different purpose, meaning on Instagram or on Pinterest, I can't create a robust profile like I can on Facebook or LinkedIn. So They serve a different purpose. The way that I like to think about it, Vicky, is that social media is like a golf club to a golfer, meaning when a golfer wants to go hit a ball off of a tee, they're going to look at their bag and see many different clubs, and they'll see that a driver can hit the ball 200, 300 yards, or in my case, maybe 75 yards way off to the right but their sand wedge is built for something different. It's built for you know chipping a small shot that might be 100 yards away out of the sand. And my putter is also serves a different purpose as well. So I'd never hit my, my ball off the tee on a, on a par four 300 yard um, course with a putter. I would pick a different tool. I'd select a driver. And by analogy, a chef also has different tools at their disposal when they're preparing a meal. Meaning I have these different tools like a butcher knife and a spatula and tongs, for example, or a spoon, but each one of those serves a different purpose to accomplish a different objective. And social media is the same way, meaning I would not use Instagram the same way that I would use Facebook. So let me give you an example of how Instagram and Pinterest might be used for law firm marketing because I think it does serve a purpose, but not for everyone. So if I'm the general counsel of a large fortune 100 company and I needed to hire an attorney or a law firm to handle my multi-million dollar securities case, I'm probably not going to find that attorney on Instagram. And I certainly wouldn't search for that attorney on Instagram, so it might not be a good marketing tool. But on the other hand, maybe I'm a personal injury law firm and my marketing is done to clients who get into car accidents. I might use Instagram as a way to share interesting statistics about car accidents in the area or sharing short quotes about what your rights are. When a police officer pulls you over on a stop or I might share helpful information through images about how to stay safe while driving during a rainy season. And so since I know that people are going to be using Instagram and I know that people are getting into car accidents, it's helpful for me to use Instagram as a tool to stay on top of people's minds and to have my law firm information there. So that might work. Now, the other one you mentioned is really important, and that's Pinterest. Why is Pinterest so important for law firm marketing? It's important because Pinterest is the most popular social media site for women, more women have used Pinterest at a faster rate than any other social media platform. And so if I want to market my services to women, and of course I do because women are leaders in the business and legal community these days, it's important for me to share my blogs and my social media law content on Facebook and LinkedIn, but also on Pinterest as well. So as women and other people who use the Pinterest platform, are searching for social media related issues, they're going to find my pins and my pin boards, and it will ultimately link them back to my site. So I think that those social media platforms are a more niche platform. It won't take over Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter, but it does serve a good purpose depending upon what a lawyer or law firm's practice is and what their goals are for marketing.
1: Those are great analogies. I really liked that. But it also just confirms what I have always known is that making the decision to participate in social media can be really confusing. You have a law firm or a lawyer trying to decide, oh, should I be on Instagram or Pinterest or Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn? What should I do? It is confusing. You'll have to admit that. And where would you suggest that they start right at the beginning?
2: Well, I think... If a lawyer is going to be dipping their toe into the water and starting social media for the first time, I think that they pick one platform and focus on that one only. If there's going to be one platform that I'm going to recommend generally without knowing a specific lawyer situation, I think the best place to start is LinkedIn. And the reason why LinkedIn is a great place for attorneys to start using social media is because... It's a completely professional online platform. It allows lawyers to share information about where they work, where they went to school, the types of practice areas they have, articles that they've written, and organizations that they're a part of. Many attorneys are scared to use social media because they're worried about, what if somebody posts something about me that's unprofessional? What if someone wants to connect with me in an inappropriate way? And how do these complicated lawyer advertising ethics rules apply to my social media use? And a lot of those issues come up in the context of Facebook, where someone has the ability to post something on your timeline. Or you may share things with people who are not your clients that you're worried might violate the advertising rules. But LinkedIn is different. Unlike Facebook, which is mostly personal, LinkedIn is mostly professional. and so. It's a much safer environment for attorneys to begin using social media and you'd be able to create a social media profile within 20 minutes to an hour of your time. And even your paralegals are very familiar with using social media. So it's a fantastic way to have your paralegal tell you what LinkedIn is and how it works and how it could be done. They can even help you to update Your status updates or update your profile with new information if you're not very technologically savvy. So I think generally speaking, LinkedIn is the safest platform for an attorney to use. Now, if an attorney is very comfortable on Facebook and they already have built up a lot of Facebook friends and they haven't used another platform before, it might not be a bad idea for that attorney to start using Facebook for marketing because they've already generated a number of friends and therefore a good trusted audience. So it depends upon what the attorney wants to do. But if I was just gonna recommend one social media platform in a vacuum, which is a good place for an attorney or a law firm to start marketing, LinkedIn might be a very safe and good
1: first step. Ethan, it's time to take a break to recognize our sponsors. And when we come back, we'll continue this discussion. Are you looking to advance your career? Do you know someone who wants to enter the paralegal profession? Boston University's fully online certificate in paralegal studies is a fantastic option. It's affordable, takes just 14 weeks to complete, and is led by accomplished faculty who teach employer-focused skills like legal research, writing, technology, and more. Visit paralegalonline.bu.edu for more information and to download a free brochure. That's paralegalonline.bu.edu. NALA means professional. NALA offers classroom and web-based continuing education and professional development for all paralegals. And NALA's certified paralegal credential has been a gold standard of professionalism For over 30 years, more than 15,000 paralegals have this certification and nearly 2,000 have achieved the demanding advanced certified paralegal. NALA works actively with all those in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. See more about why NALA means professional at www.nala.org. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. I'm Vicki Voison, and my guest today is Ethan Wall, authority on social media and the law. Ethan and I have been discussing various social media platforms, and the one thing I wanted to ask you, uh, Ethan, is that I know that the secret, the successful use of social media, is to be consistent. For instance, you can't just set up your LinkedIn profile or set up your Facebook page for your law firm and that's it. One entry every once in a while isn't really going to accomplish the purpose. So, how do you avoid having spending too much time being consistent? And also, is this another area where paralegals might assist an attorney?
2: Absolutely, Vicky. Figuring out how to manage social media within our already busy schedules is a pretty difficult task. I mean, many attorneys have billable hours, demanding clients, a rigorous court schedule. You might be managing your own firm. And of course, there's life outside of the law practice that we need to manage. And let's face it, Vicki, no one's going to sit back at the end of life and say, I wish I spent more time on Facebook or Twitter or in front of my computer. And so we want to make sure that we use social media effectively for marketing without spending too much time on it. And so there are many tips that attorneys can employ to use social media more effectively for marketing, such as scheduling a 15-minute block of time during your morning coffee to share content and interact with others, or... As you recommended, getting your paralegal involved could be the key to success. So one of the most successful strategies that I find for attorneys is to use that same teamwork that you have with your paralegal in the office and extend that teamwork to social media, which might be the attorney will say, I want to share updates about employment law and how we can help employers manage social media in the workplace. And I've written this great article, and I have all these different tips that I could share, but I don't really have the time or the knowledge to do so. Well, guess what? You team up with your awesome paralegal who knows these platforms a little bit better, and they can take your article or take your tips and create social media posts for them and schedule those posts on your behalf. And then you might use that 15 minute block of time each day to then interact with people who comment or like your social media posts. And so just like a litigation strategy where an attorney will say, I think we want to conduct discovery on these witnesses. And you have your paralegal draft discovery or conduct investigations or help to prepare some written discovery documents, the same process can work in social media, which is the attorney may dictate the type of content or the amount of content that you have, and your paralegal can help you make that into an effective social media post. They can create the content for you, but you as the attorney really have to interact with your network as well. Because as Vicky said, you can't just create a platform and post every once in a while and expect something to happen. Why not? The same analogy for social media also works with a networking event. Meaning, let's say that you show up at your business networking event and you say, hello, I'm here, I've arrived and I can help your business manage social media use and then there's dead silence. And then maybe 20 minutes or an hour later you say, Here's a great tip on how you can manage employee social media by having a social media policy. There are many benefits to have it. Check out my blog to learn more and then more silence. Obviously that wouldn't work. People would be looking at you saying, who is this person in the corner of the room (laughs) announcing who they are and every once in a while sharing something, but not talking back, not having a conversation. You'd be kicked out of there faster than you can get there. And you certainly, you certainly wouldn't generate any business. So, The key to a successful social media presence is to have constant communication, is to share periodic updates, and it doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be every hour, but you want to share regular information so that people know that you're the authority on the subject, and you also want to interact with people who comment and ask questions that you're having online. And By working with your paralegal and helping you set the right social media strategy, Or working with a social media marketing consultant who can help you and your paralegal craft the right type of plan will allow you to help manage social media in your already busy schedule and use it in a way that can generate new clients for you and your firm
1: again, terrific analogy. I can just see the guy standing in the corner shouting out once in a while that he's there. <laughs> and it's very funny. But, <laughs> Ethan, we're going to talk about ethics before we're done today. But I'd like to move on now and be sure that we discuss information for our listeners about the National Labor Relations Act and how it does apply in the social media arena. So, uh, Tell us a little bit about that.
2: The National Labor Relations Act is a federal law that provides employees with the right to engage in certain conversations that are protected under the law. What a lot of people think is that, well, the National Labor Relations Act only applies to people in unions, but that's not the case. In fact, the law applies to most private sector companies all across the country. And what it basically says in a nutshell is that employees have the right to talk amongst themselves and with third parties about the shared terms and conditions of their employment, about how their managers treat them, about their pay, about their working conditions. And the law says that it might be illegal for an employer to fire someone based upon having those protected conversations, even if it shows the company in a negative light. And what is so important to note is that the National Labor Relations Act protects conversations amongst employees, both in the real world, but also on social media. Meaning the same conversations that are protected around the water cooler are also protected in a Facebook post or in a series of tweets or through comments by employees on Instagram. And so it's so important for people to know how this federal employment law applies to social media use and so that you don't fire someone over Facebook in a way that can get you in serious legal trouble.
1: Now, I assume that employees can be fired if they break these rules. There are rules in this act that they, there are certain things they can't do. Is that correct? Or am I off the wall with that one? Ethan Wall.
2: You're absolutely right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, no pun intended.
2: Ethan Wall. That sounds like a good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sorry. No pun intended. Sounds like a
2: great name for a podcast. (laughs) So, yes. Employees absolutely can be fired for posting certain types of things on social media. So the question is, what can you be fired for and what can you not? And more importantly, what type of rules are allowed in place and which ones are not? So the first piece of advice that I have for any employer is that you have to have a social media policy. A social media policy tells employees what they can or can't do on social media, It says, these are the types of posts that can get the company in trouble and can get you in trouble. And these are the types of things that you can say that are okay. Now, one problem that employers have is they want to implement rules inside a social media policy that might sound reasonable to protect the company, but in fact, they violate the National Labor Relations Act. For example, rules that prohibit employees from discussing their wages or communicating with the media or a rule that says statements that are slanderous or detrimental to the company are prohibited or even a rule that says employees can't disclose confidential information. Those sound like reasonable rules that are contained within many social media policies, The Vicky, guess what? Each one of those rules violates the National Labor Relations Act. And this is a big surprise for companies out there because they think that it's in the company's best interest for people not to talk about their pay or not to speak to the media or not to say bad things about their managers or supervisors or not to reveal confidential information. But the problem is that those rules are so vague that while they might stop employees from sharing a trade secret or customer information, which employers do have the right to control because it doesn't specify what's confidential information or or what's a negative post about the company. It also infringes on an employee's right to engage in protected conversations about their employer. So you can't have a rule that says employees can't share confidential information because that's too vague. But you can have a rule that says employees cannot disclose confidential information, which includes, but is not limited to, customer information, medical information, trade secrets, or other confidential business information about the company. And by making that rule more specific, We now provide the context for what we mean by confidential information, and therefore it's clear it doesn't infringe on employees' protected activities. So it's very important to make sure that not only do you have a policy, but that it is reviewed and audited and revised in a manner that complies with the National Labor Relations Act. And so you can set forth the right type of rules to manage your employee social media use. But it's not so broad as to get you in trouble. Now, Vicky, earlier you said, can't I fire someone based upon things they put on social media? And the answer is absolutely, so long as it doesn't violate federal law or state law. So what are some examples? Assuming that there's no contract that might prohibit this, you could probably fire somebody if they're posting pictures of them partying and drinking or smoking marijuana or saying racial slurs, or maybe just posting things that are inappropriate. If you are located within a state that is an employment at will state and therefore you can fire someone for uh, no cause, uh, it might be appropriate to fire somebody over those things. But you gotta be very careful about what the context is because maybe your knee-jerk reaction is to fire an employee because they are posting a rant about the company on social media, but it might be part of a protected conversation that occurred somewhere else. And so it's so important to consider the context.
1: Well, the bottom line is that they might not be able to fire them, but they certainly probably wouldn't hire them. And companies are checking those Facebook pages when it gets down, you know, when it's time to um, hire people or when people apply for a job.
2: That's true, and in fact, This is another quagmire that companies find themselves in because let's think about this. On the one hand, companies have to research their applicants before they hire them. If they don't, and the employee later harms somebody based upon what the employer should have learned about, the employer might be liable under a law called negligent hiring, which means the employer should have known that the employee was going to engage in that harmful activity and therefore. Employers should be conducting background checks or searches on their applicant's social media before hiring them. But there's a legal risk. And that is the moment that an employer reviews someone's Facebook page, they become exposed to certain information like the applicant's marital status, religious views, whether they're straight or gay or their sexual preferences. They might also learn about whether they're a member of the military whether they have some sort of disability that would not be clear just based upon a normal application or interview. And that information is protected under the law, meaning federal anti-discrimination laws prohibit an employer from making a hiring decision based upon that protected information. So once an employer searches someone's social media, they become exposed to that information. And if they don't hire that employee, based on that information, they could be sued under federal anti-discrimination laws. So what companies need to have is a social media hiring policy. One that says, we're gonna conduct searches in a non-discriminatory way on social media in a manner that complies with federal anti-discrimination laws and also satisfies our responsibility so that we can't be sued for negligent hiring. And it's a tough balance for companies to find. Having that right policy in place is absolutely necessary these days so that companies can weed out those employees that you talked about that might be posting inappropriate things on social media.
1: Okay. I I totally understand, and that makes a lot of sense. The policies are the bottom line. Just got to have them, and I don't think a lot of people realize that they – They do need all of that. Now, we're just about out of time, but I'm wondering if today the information you provided has just been fantastic, and I have a feeling that people are going to want to get in touch with you and perhaps uh, get copies of the books that you've written. So can you tell them how to do that and tell them a little bit more about the books?
2: Of course. First thing to do is to visit socialmedialawandorder.com. On that website, you can find books and blogs and lots of other educational resources about what we talked about today. So on the website, you can request complimentary copies of two of my books. The first is called The Social Media Guide for Lawyers. This book covers tips for how lawyers and law firms and even paralegals could use social media in a way to market to new clients while at the same time complying with the ethical rules. The social media guide for lawyers includes a how-to guide to set up a Facebook or a LinkedIn profile, tells you how to tweet, how to use privacy settings, and provides best practices for lawyers and law firms to use social media for marketing while complying with the ethical rules. The second book is called Should You Fire Over Facebook? It's a primer on protected social media activity in the workplace and a best practice guide for managing employee social media use. So Fire Over Facebook explains what is the National Labor Relations Act, how does it apply to employee social media use, what type of social media use is protected, and what is not protected under the law, and what work rules are okay to have, and what work rules might violate federal law. It also includes best practices for implementing a social media policy as well. So, at socialmedialawandorder.com, you can request complimentary copies of either book. There's a link directly on the site. And you can also visit the socialmediafirm.com. That website is the world's first social media law firm, and you'll find a ton of educational resources on how Facebook and Twitter affect the law, how social media applies to anti-discrimination laws and hiring and firing and a ton of other educational resources as well. And you'll also find the social media law firm blog that provides invaluable information about how you can manage employee social media use in the workplace and how federal employment laws apply to social media use.
1: Ethan, thank you for joining me today. I so appreciate the information that you've shared, and I really think that we'll see an uptick in paralegals assisting attorneys with their social media presence. I would like to see that. So thanks again.
2: Thanks so much for having me, and hopefully you and I can be friends on Facebook.
1: Absolutely. I'm going to do that as soon as I'm off this podcast. Let's take another short break now. Don't go away, because when I come back, I'll have news and career tips for you.
0: We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too.
1: Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. This is the time that I share news and practice tips with you. And my tip for today is to be sure to check with your employer to see if there is a social media policy in place. If there is, you must understand what you can post. Even though you know the, the policies may be in place, there are just some common sense rules for you. I want you to always remember that uh, social media isn't a game. It's a a pretty serious part of your life. You know that the posts that you put up there are there forever. And they really can affect your friendships, your family, your uh, employment. And uh, both now and in the future. So just be careful. Always think, and this is what I always do, would you want your mother to see what you've just posted? And if you wouldn't, you really shouldn't have it up there. That's a very simple rule, unless you've got a very liberal mother. So there, I don't know how that would go. But anyway, the other thing that I suggest is that you do not post pictures of you at parties. I always try to keep alcohol out of the pictures just because I believe that all of those things that you put up really do go into people's opinions of you. And in order to keep a high, keep your reputation intact, just be careful what you're posting. That's the practice tip for today because it really is going to affect your employment now and in the future. So that's all the time that we have for today for The Paralegal Voice. If you have questions about today's show, please email them to vicki at Mentor.com. Also, don't forget to check out my blog, and that's paralegalmentor.com forward slash blog. And the resources that are available at my website, and I mentioned that before, paralegalmentor.com. All of this is designed to help you move your career in the right direction, and that's forward. This is Vicki Voisin, thanking you for listening to The Paralegal Voice and reminding you to make your paralegal voice heard
0: Thanks for listening to The Paralegal Voice, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Vicki Voicen for her next podcast on issues and trends affecting paralegals and legal assistants. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes.